Welcome to episode 7 of The Final Whistle, the official Sorry FA podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking about futsal. Futsal is a small-sided version played on a hard court and mainly indoors. It has similarities to five-a-side and indoor football. To gain good insight into futsal, we are joined by Louis Melville, an FA mentor and futsal coach. Louis has been involved in futsal for more than 18 years. We will talk about Louis's journey, what the benefits of futsal are, and why coaches should be more involved in this format of the game. This episode will also consist of the Talk Footy and Surrey Summarize section, where we will talk about all the results from the last two weekends and the latest news circulating in Surrey. So Louis, uh, could you start off by telling us how you first got involved with football and how you got into futsal? Uh, well, firstly, Athreya, thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, always an honour and a privilege to talk about futsal. Um, well, I, I first started off, I would say it was around about 2004 when a friend of mine, Dermot Collins, who I played football with, but was working at the FA at the time, and he was uh, starting up uh, a, a, a futsal competition, and he asked me what I knew about futsal, and I said very, very lit little. So. He said, well, why don't you come and get involved? And and that kind of started the journey. So I, I went along to watch the game and it was the first time I'd really seen it live. And uh, the game was just so fast. The players were technically so good. And and, and I, I just literally got hooked straight away. And that's where my journey started from then starting to coach a team or I, I'd certainly put that in inverted comms coach. Um, I was probably just pulling people on and off the pitch in terms of substitutions and stuff like that, not really with much knowledge. And then got involved to actually start coaching a team and once managed to get to a FA Futsal Cup final back in 2007. And it's just carried on from there, working in the community scheme, being able to be involved in the England under-19s in the previous uh, regime and um, achieving my UEFA B qualification as well. So it's been quite a long journey. Um, but I think uh, right now it's uh, an exciting time to be involved in futsal. Yeah, that's um, honestly great to hear. Um, and in your experience, like, what do you think makes futsal different from you know main street, mainstream eleven aside football? I think for me, there there are the two aspects for it. Um, firstly, the, the the players, it's a different experience for them because um, if if you ask me what what does a futsal identity look like. Uh, um, I would I would definitely put my coach on head, head, head on here and say um, the, th- the the things that identify futsal are firstly the goals and um, we use hockey style goals um, unlike when you go to normal football fiber side there's these huge letterbox goals which I think we're probably one of the few countries where I've ever seen them and um, the ball is a, makes a massive impact on the game where it's a, a low bounce ball size four and um, obviously with younger age groups. Um, we, we can use size three and size two playing on a hard surface, which speeds the, the game up, um, up to five or six times quicker than on a grass and Mastro. We play to a court. Um, so we're, we're playing to lines, not off the walls. Um, for those that have played in power, power league or goals where you've got the boards there it tends to be, sometimes it's, we're going to push someone into the board. So prison rules, and then. The thing that really defines us is the the laws of the game. We have a, a very set, defined set of laws of the game, which whether you play in England or Brazil, Spain, or in Australia, the laws apply so you can go. Whereas I'm sure you've played in five-a-side games where you couldn't go in the area, there was no overhead height, the goalkeeper couldn't come out. 
um, and limits on substitutions as well. So I think I think those are the constraints of the game that that identify it, and uh, it's just such a fast game, and the demands of the play on the players in their decision making because we're playing on a, a court and forty by twenty, but very often in uh, sports halls we're working in netball size courts which are 35 15 15 and a half so the the space constraints are even more yeah honestly like um i've played futsal and um you know outdoor eight aside and 11 aside in university and honestly i can see a huge difference when i play futsal and when, when i play outdoor um from a coach's perspective do you also see the same thing happening with players and do you you know actively advise and recommend footballers to play futsal as well? Well, I think, you know, when we talk about developing the game, um, I think you've got to look at it. There's there's two strands, if you like. With, um, I've mentioned before, you know, I've been involved for, for 18, 19 years. So I'm I'm really aware of what the futsal community looks like, where where a lot of it is and, um, is and where it's established. But if we're going to grow the game and we want more people in, then clearly... Um, football is a natural audience for us to attract players in and get them to start playing. So um, one of the one of the great things is I think that, um, and especially when, depending on what age you're playing at, so for example, I'm involved in the university, the players get to do both. They can play football for the university on a Wednesday and then on Saturday or Sunday, depending on, on if they're a female or male player, they can play in, in university futsal as well. So they get an opportunity to, to play both both uh, football and futsal. And I think those opportunities are opening up for, for younger players as well now, where I'm seeing lots of coaches that are running specific futsal programs alongside their football programs and to give players that opportunity. And if if I was to try and sell futsal to the football world and why you should get on, um, if you're a team that plays primarily on grass during the season, probably in the last two or three months, you've lost a lot of football. But... Uh, I'm I'm dealing with coaches who are playing futsal every week, if not every other week, during these these rainy periods or when the the, the pitches are too hard to play on. So, like for me, it's quite a it's quite a, a no brainer in terms of why you'd want to play because there's literally there's no reason why a game would be called off because we're indoors. Um, yeah, of course. And uh, moving on to like the youth categories. Um, do you feel like schools and you know grassroots football clubs should perhaps give more importance to futsal than they're already giving, like in the scope of developing players, you know, technically? Yeah, like, I think um, my my view is whenever I've um, spoken to coaches within the football world and they they've been curious about the game and they or they want to know more, um, I'm, I always come from a, a futsal perspective. Well, this is the game; these are the challenges that you will get in the game. In terms of decision making for players, opportunities to dribble, to pass, uh, particularly for goalkeepers as well, who are much more involved in in futsal than they are. Um, I mean, regularly in a futsal game, a forty minute game, you could have up to a hundred shots in the game. So the goalkeepers are much more involved. So I think, I think from 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 that perspective, getting players involved in the game is is really important and. For, it's then up for coaches and also the players to decide when they go back into their own environments how they want to use the game. But I think it's important that they see futsal in in its sort of pure format, if you like, and then it's up to coaches to decide what they want to take for themselves if they're going into a different environment or whether they want to actually pursue 
um, futsal as a game within their club and have a, a specific futsal strand. Um, and I, I do think one of the other things now we've got that's going to really help to do that is with the return of the England national teams and um, not just the under-19s, but we will see female teams as well, which I think is hugely important. Um, those pathways now for the players, it's for, you know, if I'm a 10, 11-year-old, with with um, if, even if I'm maybe not going to be a professional footballer, I can still dream of playing for England and futsal players are going to have that opportunity now. So those players who think, well, I'd like to do a bit more futsal, or why should I? Well, there, you know, there will be pathways for players to develop into playing at a higher level if they wish, or hopefully to play in good standard recreational leagues. Yeah, certainly I, I agree with everything you just mentioned there. Um, just moving on to, to the coaches. Now, you've, you've coached for a long time in futsal. What would you say is the, the unique selling point for, for coaches to get involved in futsal more than just living aside? I think it, I think the, the, challenge, the, the biggest challenge I find is on my resources in a game. Um, so if I'm coaching or in, in a session or coaching in the game, because it's so quick, um, it, there's a lot of responsibility on me to, make, to give the players the responsibility um, in their understanding of the game and, and to really throw a lot of them in terms of how they take responsibility of the, for their actions and decisions. Because by the time I see it and say it, if I, if I did want to say it, it's gone. So because the, because the game is so quick, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned that, um, it, you know, the, the, the ball travel can travel six, seven times faster on a, on a, on a futsal court. So I think also the amount of decisions you have to make as a coach um, in terms of substitutions, uh, timeouts. So we have timeouts in the game. Uh, we have a foul law. So in each half in a full 20-minute game, the team's only permitted five fouls per game. So that has an influence in how teams will defend or attack. So there are so many variations and variants within the game that will influence it. The clock's important. So I'll give you an example. We had a game at the weekend. Um, we were leading 5-4 with 45 seconds to go and we had to really manage that clock and how we defended and we were already on 5 fouls so we couldn't afford to give any more fouls away so defensively we had to be really smart so those are all factors in the game and within the game most players can only play 3 or 4 minutes really at their top um, uh, top intensity before they start to drop off so we have to make lots and lots of substitutions in the game uh, I, I think I made them like 45 substitutions on Saturday in the game. So I think there were just so many challenges within the game, micro challenges, that I just think it breeds better all-round coaches to have those those constraints and those um, of the game to be put on you as a as a person making those decisions within the game. And also when you're coaching, trying to improve your own observations. And, and I would probably say... If if you was to ask me what was the main benefit of me as a coach, I said my my observations now within the game, and when I do go into other sports, my observation skills are much more heightened because of that, and I'm able to ask questions that I probably five ten years ago I probably would have been able to ask. Yeah, hopefully you know all our um, listeners out there, um, and like all the coaches tuning in, they can take some stuff from what you have said, and you know hopefully they can get involved in futsal as well. So it's really good to hear. Um, now, you mentioned that you're obviously a coach and uh, a mentor, and you've been involved with futsal for like 18 or 19 years. Personally, like, what does the future hold for you in, in football and futsal? Like, where do you see yourself in the next, you know, five, five or 10 years? 
Well, I think I think my role, uh, I, I really sort of see my role as trying to develop the game. Um, I've been really fortunate. Uh, I've had some brilliant mentors. Um, I think literally every England futsal manager up to previously, I've I've been able to count them as a mentor. Um, I've had a brilliant support network with my fellow coach mentors. And one, one of the things I've really picked up on is every session I've gone to where I've gone to be a mentor, I've learned something from that coach. So I, I do feel like I've got a responsibility to give something back to the game because we're at a point now where with the um, inception of this new agreement between the FA and England Futsal that, you know, we've got an opportunity here to really uh, establish the game with a with a fantastic platform, playing opportunities for both male and female. So I, I really sort of see my role as cont continuing to coach and improve my own knowledge because I've still got lots to learn but to try and help other coaches, other organisations and, you know, all the mistakes I've probably made over the last 19 years to try and help uh, other people not make those mistakes. So I think part of that is going to be giving back, but also trying to improve my own knowledge and help other coaches and help other organisations um, be better. Because if, if we can have better coaches, we get better players. If we have better players, the game will improve and, you know, we can really establish futsal as a, as a hopefully as a more mainstream pathway for players to consider um, and also coaches and also referees and people who come and want, want you know, if you come and watch a futsal game, it's just so exciting. Yeah, um, certainly, you know, um, it is really in insightful, you know, all, all the information you've given us and um, yeah, uh, thank you so much for your time. It's really been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for having this opportunity. I appreciate it. It's now time for Talk Footy, and I'm here with James to discuss the results of matches that took place in these last two weeks. Hi, Athraya. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing how the teams got on in, uh, in recent weeks. Right, so let's get into it. Um, so to start things off, in the Women's Flexi League North, um, Catherine Pumas lost to Hersham Mojitos by five goals to three, and Met Police beat East Sheen by three goals to nil. Yeah, even though Caterham uh, Pumas uh, came out with a defeat there, they are still top of the table. However, Walterman Hersham ladies still have a game in hand and are in second place, so therefore have a chance to leapfrog Caterham to the top of the table in coming weeks. Yeah, and in the Women's Flexi League South, um, Kingswood Blue lost 1-0 to Bone Blades Whites, and um, the following week, Kingswood, uh, Kingswood Blue um, beat Rygate women Lionesses by nine goals to one, so it's a, a huge away victory for them. Yeah, a strong bounce back there from Kingswood Blue, and that puts them top of the table on goal difference. Um, but all the top five teams are level on six points, so the next set of fixtures will be really crucial to see how the league will take shape. Yeah, it's going to be um, interesting indeed. And moving on now to the men's results in the Surrey and Hans Border Football League. In Division 1, um, Someone's House's first team lost 5-1 to Woking and Weybridge. Um, Luca Martellaro scored a brace and, you know, it helped them clinch that impressive away victory. Uh, Wanderers' first team, however, beat Virginia Water by 4 goals to 1. And Pickham North End also beat Corinthian Guildford by 7 goals to 1. Um, Stuart Bailey scored a whopping 5 goals in this game. Wow. So <laughs> it, it was a really exciting affair there. And moving on to the games that were played the the next week on the 5th of February, 
JV Rangers beat Woking and Weybridge by three goals to one. Uh, Robert Dave Sheridan's first half brace gave them a good start in that game. And um, Woking and Maybury beat Virginia Water by five goals to three. So, yeah, some, um, some good games there. Yeah, JV Rangers are looking good at the top of the table. Uh, they're currently four points clear with a game in hand. Yeah, and moving on to Division 2, Woodham Victoria beat Byfleet Town Reserves by three goals to two. Milford Green beat Bisley All-Stars by four goals to two. Um, a brace by Stephen Bullymore and uh, Chris Carpenter were the main highlights of that um, six-goal thriller. And finally, Virginia Water Athletic beat Stoughton's first team by two goals to one. Yeah, good set of fixtures there. Um, the games played the following weekend on the 5th of Feb. Uh, we're in the Cup, so we didn't have any league action that weekend. Uh, however, overall, Wooden Victoria, top of the table. Um, and they still have two games in hand. Yeah, and uh, moving on to the Surrey County Intermediate League Western in the Premier Division. Cranley's first team beat Shottermill and Hazelmere by three goals to two. Um, Arthur Fuller came off the bench and scored a brace to help them get that victory. And Merrow's first team beat Hambledon's first team by two goals to one. Moving on to the games that were played on the 4th of February, Kings Park Rangers beat Cranley by one goal to nil, and um, it was um, a nil-all draw between uh, Warpelsons, Phoenix's uh, first team, and uh, Manacroft United, so yeah, some uh, some tight, game, uh, tight games there. Yeah, that leaves Cranley top of the, uh, top of the table with 19 points. Uh, Kings Park Rangers are currently sat in second, though, so uh, Cranley will have to watch out for them coming up behind. And uh, Merrow's first team, unfortunately, are still sat at the bottom of the table. However, after picking up that victory last weekend, hopefully they can, you know, kick on and climb up the table. Yeah. And uh, moving on to the Surrey Premier County Football League in the Premier Division, AFC Wallcountians beat Ripley Village by five goals to one. Um, Albert Davies's brace contributed to that huge um, away victory. And Worcester Park also beat AFC Royal Holloway by three goals to nil. And moving on to the games that were played on the 4th of um, February, Battersea Ironsides beat AFC Wild Counties by three goals to two. Hosley, Hosley's first team lost um, 3-2 to Hersham's first team. And um, Worcester Park picked up um, a good 4-0 victory against uh, Farley Rovers. Um, Joseph Blendell and Lee Wilson scored a brace in that game, so yeah, good 4-0 victory to them. Yeah, a lot of goals going on in the uh, Surrey Premier County League. And... Uh, after all them, AFC Kubo and Staines and Llamas are currently first and second respectively and Farley Rovers are still struggling at the bottom. Yeah, and um, that rounds off Talk Footy. It's now time for Surrey Summarise, keeping you up to date with all current activities and campaigns across Surrey FA. As always, we have plenty to update you on this week. First of all, we are pleased to announce that Clive Wiggins is our new Women and Girls Community Champion and will be supporting new female coaches this season. Yeah, this is great news. Uh, Clive will be working directly with clubs who are looking to increase their numbers of female coaches. Uh, the personalised support it will offer will begin with a stepping over the sidelines workshop um, and this will be followed by one-to-one mentoring to support coaches as they start their journey. So Clive's role is a, is a real good example of Surrey FA's commitment to uh, growing the female game in Surrey and having on-the-ground representatives to support and increase the opportunities available. Yeah, and uh, our next update is that 
Um, this International Women's Day, we're delighted to be hosting our second annual networking and education event called Unite and Celebrate. Now, the theme of this year's event is around belonging and togetherness and will consist of a keynote speaker as well as Q&A panels formed of special guests. We will hear from women who are paving the way for others in all aspects of the game, as well as male allies who have supported women to belong and thrive within football. Yeah, whatever your role is, we would love for you to join us um, for this evening of learning, inspiration and overall positivity as we celebrate the huge success of, of women's football in Surrey. Uh, so this is due to take place uh, at Surrey Sports Park in Guildford from 6 to 9pm on Wednesday the 8th of March and is free to attend. So to confirm your place, please sign up by visiting our website. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be a great event indeed, so we hope to see you there. Um, moving on, the quarterfinal draw for the Specsavers Surrey Senior Cup took place on Saturday, 28th of January. Um, the draw con- comprised of 13 teams as five second round games are still to be played due to the recent freezing temperatures. So, yeah. Indeed, uh, the standout fixtures see the winners of Met Police or Woking host League Two side Sutton United. Whilst Virginia Water will travel to either Collier Woods or Ballam after Ballam knocked out holders Dorking Wanderers in the first round. Uh, these ties are due to be played in February and March. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top in these games. Our last piece of news this week is that we invite you to join us in uniting refugees and the local community through football. Now in September 2022, Surrey FA launched the Unite Through Football Refugees Project offering safe and welcoming environments for refugees and displaced individuals to access football provisions. The, fo- the, the football project aims to embed refugees into the football and Surrey community whilst educating clubs about um, becoming a refugee-friendly space. Yeah, the Refugee League has been a great success so far and we've seen up to 160 refugees taking part in the monthly fixtures. So with a competitive and and fun environment uh, all set up now, uh, we are seeking organisations, charities or other providers that wish to become part of the project. And uh, this will be through weekly informal sessions around Surrey uh, with the aim of offering regular, safe and welcoming uh, football opportunities for refugees and asylum seekers. And if you are interested in exploring this further, the details and the sign-up form can be found on our website. For more information on this, you can contact Rob Bryant, our Senior Football Development Officer, at rob.bryant at surreyfa.com. And yeah, that sound, uh, that runs off um, Surrey Summarise for this week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Final Whistle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to Louis talk about futsal and why players, as well as coaches, should get more involved with this format of the game. Hopefully, each one of you took something away from this episode. And um, yeah, do tune in for our next episode that will be out in a couple of weeks. And until then, it's a goodbye from everyone at Surrey FA. (laughs) 